Welcome to the Healthy Team, Healthy Business Podcast, where each episode we discuss ways to improve the health of the team that makes up your business and ultimately helps improve your business. We'll discuss mind, body, spirit, and finance as the foundation of building this healthy team. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing the myth that it's expensive to be healthy. Josh, do you mind sharing with us what does it mean to be healthy? Yeah, Dave. One thing I think that people get lost in when they talk about health or wellness is they automatically start thinking about the you know the person on the cover of a magazine or something like that. Um, but my my definition of of wellness really is more lack of illness, lack of needing to go to the doctor, um, lack of missing work uh, unexpectedly because you woke up not feeling well. Lack of missing opportunities with your family or friends because you you were ill unexpectedly. So, if you if you focus on that as your as your metric as your marker instead of some unachievable goal, um, I think then that conversation really helps helps uh, become a lot easier by just making sure that you're setting realistic expectations. So, when I talk to our employees about about wellness or health, that's where I start. I start trying to define it that way so that they don't think they got to be an idiot like me and get up at 5 a.m. and work out and, you know, eat certain foods and all this kind of stuff. It's like, well, what's, what's your goal? Um, well, my goal is I don't want you to have to go to the doctor. You know, if you want to go for your annual physical, great. You shouldn't have to go any other time than that. And that's really how I like to define it. How about you? What do you think? That's an okay definition? Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. And, and, I think, you know, again, people, we miss out on so many different opportunities if it's either work or it's family uh, events just because you've got some type of underlying either autoimmune disorder or something like that that is relatively easily to fix, just requires some discipline and some changing of what we're all currently doing. Um, so kind of in line with the whole, it's a, a myth to be uh, healthy or it's expensive to be healthy. How have you uh, personally started to bust this myth or how, what have you done to, to change that? So, um, I started looking into this for our employees because when I started this journey with them and talking a little bit about being healthy, the first blowback I used to get was, well, it's too expensive, uh, to be healthy, which always just struck me as just odd. Um, and maybe it's because for so long, I've just kind of thought that health is a priority for me. So it's more of a matter of allocation of resources to me than it is an actual expense. But um, so what I what I like to look at first is opportunity cost, right? I, I was a economics major in college, so opportunity cost is a concept where once you deploy a resource, the opportunity cost of that resource is what you could have done with it somewhere else. I guess that's the simplest way to think about that. So um, by saying that being healthy is expensive, then where else would you have spent that same dollar and what would you have gotten for that dollar, right? So I look at it in comparison to your cost of health care for making unhealthy choices uh, as a consequence versus looking at it as, well, a $5 Happy Meal is cheaper than an organic hamburger or something like that because uh, that's where people usually go. So that's, that's kind of how I started that exploration. And when you start talking about that with people, it kind of opens their eyes a little bit. Um, but man, David, if you start adding up co-pays, um, doctor visits, 
insurance uh, premiums. Then you start looking at prescription copays and meds and minimums, um, stuff that doesn't get covered and all that kind of stuff. I just think that's an expense that people just do not factor in when they're thinking about that. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's, you can just go down a large rabbit hole once you start to open up that box and you start to look at it and say, you know, you've been eating McDonald's every single day or those Krispy Kreme donuts and the, the, again, all these different negative impacts it has. Now you have maybe an autoimmune disorder. Now maybe you have diabetes or you have something else. And now it starts to cause a riff in your family. Now it starts to cause all these other different problems because you can't go on the hike as a family that your wife maybe wants to do, or you can't get out of bed to, to help clean or whatever it might be because you now have unfortunately brought this on uh, unbeknownst to you, maybe, uh, just because, again, our society is so unhealthy and we are accustomed to seeing Krispy Kreme at the checkout, Snickers at the checkout. You'll never find a banana or a bag of lettuce <laughs> That's right. by the checkout. Uh, so unfortunately, you know, as a, as a country, we, we don't really spend a whole lot of time and think of food as medicine. Agreed. Uh, you know, another thing about that, too, um, when I was working on some of this stuff, you if you pull down data from some of the um, reporting agencies like the American Diabetes Association, American Heart Association, um, those kind of places, and you look at the economic impact of the different illnesses that are associated with those those different groups, you know, if you add those things up, you're talking about a trillion dollar hit to the economy when they factor in, they factor in lost productivity as well, which I think is an important metric. And they they measure all that stuff, but just the expense of the medical bills and everything else that goes into that is huge. And so, so I know it's easier when you're talking about health and everything to look out for yourself and think about your own health. But if you think of, <clears throat> if you think of yourself as part of society as a whole and trying to lessen the economic impact of being unwell on the economy and even on a smaller scale on your company and your coworkers, you know, it's an important thing. It's, and it's measurable and it's, it's big. It's very big. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things I also think was, was interesting in the whole thing when you start to unpack this, this uh, conversation of it's, um, it's expensive to be healthy is starting to add some of the facts uh, up. And for instance, they say that uh, in a Harvard Review study that the average American is spending $1,000 a year annually eating out. You know, if you have a husband and wife, there's two thousand dollars that you know. What? How can you redirect that money? What can you do instead? And I think that's where again we can start to talk with our team members about maybe not going through McDonald's, maybe not grabbing that dozen donuts, and buying and doing those things on your own, uh, making the meals at your house. You know, one you can control the the product, but then also again, what are you doing now to build the family unit and? ideally bringing people together. And that's where I think the, all these topics, you can really start to have a lot of different ancillary benefits. Uh, you, you're the, the individual are going to start to feel healthier, but then ideally now your family unit is functioning better because people are happier together and they, they want to go out and do different things. So if you redirect that thousand dollars that you're maybe as the husband spending on your McDonald's drive through every day or once a week or however it may be, and you start saying, I'm going to buy, you know, some different ingredients at the grocery store and start doing some meals as a family, making pizzas or different things like that, you now are able to control a lot more than that Domino's pizza or that Little Caesars that's maybe been sitting on the shelf for a few hours and who knows what in the world they've been putting in it. 
So not only can you save money, control what you're eating, but you ideally, again, are, are maybe building the family unit, which to me is where it kind of all starts and all these things, again, are intertwined. So I agree with that. And the, the other part of that uh, that study you're talking about was a, a Harvard Medical School, I think it was, what we say, 2013 was when that came out. So um, they they kind of threw everything in the pot and figured out that it was $1.50 a day more expensive to eat healthy. Now, I don't think we ever could pull out of that article what they define as eating healthy, but we can assume that if it's Harvard Medical School, they probably kind of went along the lines of what you and I might think is maybe a healthier choice, less processed food, less refined sugars, that kind of stuff. Um, healthy fats, you know, maybe even um, organically sourced meats and things like that. But so $1.50 a day, um, you know, that, that does add up after about 365 days a year. But what you're talking about, I think, is is so important. Again, it goes back to the beginning about allocation of resources and People have to make choices. People have, sometimes have to make hard choices. So, I mean, if you think about $2,000 in a year's time, like you're talking about of eating out, I mean, that's your, that's your summer vacation for your family. You're a really nice summer vacation yeah. for your family that you could alter um, just by making a couple different choices nutritionally. The other thing that I think gets kind of interesting is when you look at those comparisons, I did one for our employees, for example, and I'm I didn't have it written down, so I'm pulling this off the top of my head, but salad dressing. Okay. So you walk into the grocery store and you see, you know, whatever craft salad dressing and it's, uh, I don't know, let's say it's $2 for the, the bottle. And the first couple ingredients on it are the five, first five ingredients. One of them is going to be some kind of sugar guaranteed. It's going to be some kind of sugar, which is terrible. Then you look right down the aisle or go down the organic aisle and you'll see like a primal kitchen or some other premium salad dressing that has maybe two or three ingredients in it. The first one maybe being like organic olive oil or something like that. And it's like six fifty a bottle. So I did I did the math on that. I think if you if you made that choice in a year's time, that would cost you, I forget what it was, an extra forty bucks in a year or something if you used a bottle of every other month or something like that. But you're not putting that crap in your body uh, during that time. And what's 40 bucks in a year's time? I mean, is that really? So that's one little behavior change you could make that could have, I think, a significant impact. You're not getting the seed oils. You're not getting the refined sugars, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's another one of those examples where you, if you just look at this versus that, you, you know, you always want to go for the cheaper item. But if you look at the whole picture of the impact of that decision, man, you really got to you really got to think about that. And then you start factoring in. I think you, you bring up another good point. I'm sorry, I'm rambling a little bit, but about time. Right. Sometimes that's the blowback you get in addition to the cost is, well, I don't have time to cook that much. Everybody thinks they're busier than they really are. And um, I, I know that to be true of, of just about everybody you run into. But. You know, I mean, you, you and I, David, have small businesses. We have families. We have young kids. Um, and we still manage to live this lifestyle. So it is doable. It's just a choice of how you spend your time. Well, think about this. What if you're not going to the doctor? Okay. Yeah. There's a couple hours of your time back. Um, what if you're not feeling bad or you can't even get off the couch for a whole Sunday or something like that? Um, there's a lot of time back. So, you know, meal prep. 
if you once you get it figured out, you're talking about one to two hours a week, maybe a time that you got to kind of knock something out. So you're not talking about it, a whole lot of work to be done there. And the benefit of that is, I think it's just huge. I'm not, hopefully you see it the same way. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And I think that the, you know, I know for, for myself, at least that being on this kind of journey myself for the last year and a half or so, you know, so many different thoughts then start to change. So you start to look at that primal dressing versus that hidden Valley ranch. And it, to me, it just starts to, again, uh, open Pandora's box on, well, why am I eating that? Well, why would, do I need to then go get French fries? Well, maybe I should just go buy a potato and maybe just get some mustard right off their minimal ingredients. And so it really makes me just kind of reevaluate a lot of the different things that I'm doing. Um, but then also to your point on, you know, hopefully you're not, you can get off the couch. And I think that again, kind of makes you start to think too, why am I sitting on the couch all day long? You know, to your point on, we don't have enough time to, to meal prep. Well, you sure as heck had enough time to make sure you got four episodes of friends in or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think that really, for me, it just started to make me reevaluate a lot of things. Uh, and then again, you know, we're doing this podcast here from, from your house today. And as I was mentioning to you before we started, you have two cats. I wouldn't even have been able to come into your house probably for more than like a half hour uh, without sneezing uh, you know, off off the wazoo. Now, because of just doing these modifications, I can hang out with you and I can come to your house and I don't have to worry about it before I wouldn't have been able to. You would have to come to my house. Yeah. So Same for me. We're sitting on my back porch where four years ago I would have been sneezing my head off right now. And I'm not doing that. Again, I think I talked about in the last episode just... The, what I, you know, the choices I've made chased out all the chronic inflammation and I'm now able to function. Yeah, I used to miss a couple of days of work every year just because of allergies. You know, I just could not function, hmm. could not function. Um, and I consider myself fairly tough, but I just, you couldn't do it. Eyes, it's too bad, couldn't breathe right, all this kind of stuff. So, you know, those those days are gone. So um, now I have to, you know, take off on purpose. And <laughs> I feel good when I do it. So that's a that's a good thing, good problem to have. You know, another thing I looked at when we were when we were talking about this with our employees was not just a this versus that choice, but um, alternatives, right? Um, we, so the simple the simple one about salad dressings, interesting because a lot of people think, well, I eat healthy, I'm going to start eating salads. Okay, fine. Well, don't douse it in salad dressing if you can help it. So I gave you the example of the more expensive premium dressing. But what about if you just use, like you said. Pour a little bit of olive oil in a glass bowl, mix in some mustard, some um, red wine vinegar or something like that, salt and pepper. You got your own dressing and it's cheap as crap and you can, that'll last you forever. Yeah. And it's super healthy. <clears throat> so, you know, that's just looking at a totally different way of um, experiencing that same, that same meal. The, the other thing that I think, David, is really important to look at is the convenience factor and how much people kind of value that but what it does to you. So for our guys, we look at the example of uh, hot pockets. Okay. Mm. Right. College kids, favorite meals. So a two, a two pack of those is something like, I don't know, $2 and 60 cents or something like that. Well, the ingredient list in those simple little things fills up a whole screen on your computer. If you look at it and none of them are good. Um, It's heartburn city for me. Yeah. It's a bad, it's a bad day. So you think, well, for yeah, for two dollars and sixty cents, and you know, a minute and a half in the microwave or whatever it is, I got myself a meal, and I'll I'll feel full for however long. 
well that's great but man that's going to wreak havoc on you every time so you take instead you go to the grocery store and you buy a pack of and I, I would say buy a pack of organic ground beef you know the only ingredient is beef um, you brown that sucker and you got a couple days worth of your lunches kind of handled right there mix so like like you do make one day you mix it with some salad one day you mix it with um, sauerkraut or some other vegetable of your choice I mean I'm a keto guy so I wouldn't put it on bun but if you want to have it with some bread or something like that that you buy um, it's, you make a good choice with you know that's even fine so you're talking about a couple of bucks a day so virtually the same money maybe slightly more money but man the the impact on your body is so much different and I can't imagine that if somebody were to kind of weigh that out, they wouldn't see the benefit of making that decision. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, how would you recommend or how, how do you, if you're going to be starting this journey here today, how would you recommend to, to start on it? How do you, how do you start to prepare to implement eating healthier? Well, the, the first thing you have to figure out is what's your process. So a lot of people don't, I think food is not, or eating, especially if you're a working person, sometimes it's not even a thought. When you get up in the morning, I don't think a lot of people think about what I'm going to have for lunch that day or what I'm going to have for dinner that night. Um, pot, you know, maybe it's maybe their wife takes care of that or their spouse um, takes care of that. But so first, you have to make it a conscious thought. You have to think, okay, part of my job as a human is to take care of my health. Um, not part of your job. I think it should be your primary focus, but it doesn't have to overtake your life. So that's the first thing you have to do is you have to make a conscious choice that you are going to make sure that what you're putting in your body to fuel your body is, uh, is something that should be in there and not, not a bad decision. So I think that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is you have to plan. There's, you cannot be, if you're going to try a healthy lifestyle, you can't be caught in a situation where you don't have a plan for your nutrition intake. And that's not to be a, create a stressful situation, but it's also, just to make sure you understand it. it is something you have to think about and make sure you're setting yourself up for success. And then the final thing you got to do is just, you got to make the decision to dive in and, and change your habits, go through your cupboard, go through your freezer, you know, get rid of temptation. I think is a good idea. Um, go to the grocery store. And I think our next episode, we're going to talk about reading labels, you know, learn that system. Um, really understand what you're getting, what you're putting in your body. I just, I think that under, you know, another underlying thing that people have to think about is, you, you know, we get one body when we get on this, when we get on this planet and, um, it's a well run machine. It's had millions of years to develop into what it is and you have, but you have to take care of it just like anything else. You put crappy fuel in your, in your car or your truck or something like that. And it's going to perform like crap. If you want your body to perform well, you got to take care of it. And then and a big part of that is what you put in or what even more important, maybe what you don't put in. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's what I always find mind boggling. If somebody will, will spend all this time cleaning a piece of equipment or putting in proper fuel for their whatever ATV or, or their sports car, but then they're going through the McDonald's drive through at the same time and, and thinking <laughs> that they're the most important uh, machine is being fed uh, good nutrients. So yeah, I agree completely. Um, I think one of the other big aspects that, that we need to keep in mind when you try to get on the journey is what you had mentioned, proper planning. So for our family, we really try to keep it simple. 
We don't try to, you know, hey, we need to try these new healthy lifestyle meals or we need to try these meal plans or any of that kind of stuff. We just go with non-processed foods. So if it's either you know, salad or if it's just meats or just something that's not out of a box. So that's that's one thing we really try to do. Like you said, keep it really simple. You are going to find, I think, different situations sometimes in life that you're invited to a lunch meeting and maybe it's at Five Guys or somewhere else that isn't necessarily the healthiest place on earth. Uh, and for me, I know I struggled with that big time and I probably created a lot of awkward situations in the very beginning where I just either wouldn't eat or I would decline invitations to that. Um, so I think that's where you kind of just understand the balance a little bit and say like, okay, maybe I will eat at Five Guys, but I'm not going to get the bun uh, and I'll just eat it with, with just the patty and maybe some lettuce and, and mustard. But it's just maybe not uh, overthinking those different situations or creating more stress on your body. Uh, I know that that's something we'll talk more and more about. But, you know, it's not only just the eating properly, but to me, it's a big reduction in stress. How do we reduce our stress in our lives? Because that can end up having an even bigger impact than the food can at times. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That that reminds me, especially the part you said about simplicity. Um, That's one of the things that. I really like to stress, especially when I'm doing my, with my um, personal coaching clients is, you know, you don't have to have every one of your meals be a gourmet five-star kind of thing. I mean, remember what the goal is. The goal is to put fuel into your body. If you look at the, at the Webster definition of food, there's nothing in there about taste. Mm -hmm. That word is not part of the, the clinical definition. So it's, it's a, you know, you're consuming something that is to provide fuel for your body to help you rebuild and grow. I mean, that's really all you're doing. So a lot of people get all wigged out about that. Like, well, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to enjoy what I eat or something like that. And that's not what I'm saying, but, but that, that is not the primary goal. Yeah. Um, and you also have to think about what the impact of that is that you're, you know, that short little, uh, dopamine burst or whatever it is that you get from eating something that tastes amazing when it hits your tongue may not be worth the after effects of what it does to your body the next day. I mean, we haven't mentioned things like alcohol, but that's one, that's one yeah. of those things. Hey, it feels great and it's a hell of a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but boy, do you pay the price mm-hmm. for that, especially if you keep doing it you know, chronically over time. And then you're, I, I really like your point about, because we're talking about, you know, healthy teams for your business. You know, going to social functions, depending on your line of work, is could be part of what you do. Um, you, you and I will encounter that as, you know, as owners and managers, you get invited to the chamber of commerce lunch or something like that. And those things always revolve around that. So you do have to have a plan for those things. How do you, how do you handle that? And like you, the last couple of things I've gone to, um, they'll say, Hey, can I, you want us to get you, you know, get you a lunch or something like that. Now I'm good. I'll, I ate before I came or yeah. you tell whatever fib or whatever you want, or, um, you don't have to make a big deal about it. And the other thing that, what you'll find is that people forget about that in like five seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as you say no, thank you, they just, it's the same with drinking. If you go somewhere and, hey, do you want a beer? Do you want a cocktail or something? If you're making a choice not to drink that day, it's like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm just going to have some water. Or, I'll get one later. You know, mm-hmm. Okay, good. And then yep. it's kind of over with. So again, it's, a, but it's a plan. You, you, you think those things through before you go. Um, you know, I was going to ask you, Dave, I, we talked about this one time briefly, but we never got into it is, uh, what about vending machines at your work? <laughs> so we we made the choice a couple of years ago to have them removed mm. from our business. And boy, did we get some uh, pouty faces over that stuff. 
And it took a little while they got over it. But I think for some of our guys, honestly, that was their meal plan. Yeah. Was I'll take the extra whatever it is, 75 cents in my pocket that day. And that's going to be my lunch, whatever the crap was they could get out of that thing. And um, so we decided if we're going to really be a healthy business, we got to we got to start kind of setting an example here. And um, we did that. I don't know if you've ever tried to mess with that or not. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the same kind of a thing because, you know, I mean, this that kind of plays right into obviously what we're talking about. You know, the myth, it's, it's healthy. It's expensive to be healthy. If you go into that vending machine that is at Signet, so no, we have not removed it. You know, you look at that little small bag of cheese that's at a dollar. Man, what, what could you get for that same dollar? You know, no heartburn, uh, you know, a healthy, healthy actual meal. It adds zero value to your to your life. So we have not removed it. It is something I would like to do. Um, but, you know, just like most of these things, it's, it's kind of baby steps or maybe all in due time and, Ideally, that's what we're both trying to do here is, is help pass on the knowledge that we have, uh, that both have us already have walked the same journey. We've struggled on different aspects. You know, personally, I had maybe some onset of some gout or something like that about a year and a half ago, really wasn't able to get out of bed and, you know, started to make a lot of these lifestyle choices that we're talking about now and completely reversed all these different effects on top of the allergies that I already mentioned. So we have not removed the vending machine. That is something I would definitely like to do. I've hinted at it a few times and uh, definitely received a lot of blowback. And <laughs> just kind of yeah on the prioritizing of uh, you know again this is a team effort so you know you got to ensure that we're clearly defining why we want to remove the vending machine and then to me I'd like to try to figure out some other options you know if it's throwing mm-hmm. some apples on the table if it's throwing some bananas, different things like that, telling them, you know, there's all, it's filled with sodas. Obviously, that's another big one that they'll go in there for is to grab the sodas. And the same kind of thing, I've been, <clears throat> we've been putting some teas in our break room, putting in some different um, flavor packets and things like that to try to, again, kind of maybe gradually make that transition away from the vending machine uh, and, and ideally start having some healthier choices made in, in the break rooms. I like that idea too. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, just alternate choices. So one of the hardest parts, I think, for anyone when they start thinking about having to change their their nutrition lifestyle a little bit is, well, I got to give this up. I love this. I got to give it. You're going to tell me I got to give this up or I got to eat something that I can't stand. And I I think that's the wrong approach. Um, it's, it's a hard thing to tell people you're really not going to do that, but you know, yeah, instead of instead of going and grabbing that, you know, um, bag of pretzels or whatever it is out of the vending machine, what if you just had a, a bag of carrots in your <laughs> that you kept in the company refrigerator or something like that? I mean, could you just make that change? Or um, if you're going to eat those pretzels, that's fine. But what are you going to have for lunch? OK, let's let's focus on some of the things we can focus on. Um, let, let the employees pick their battle, let your team pick their battle and then help guide them through, through that. And then hopefully, and I think you probably found this too. Once you start doing that, um, doing that journey, your desires change, your cravings change, your, your, uh, your profile of foods change. So, um, one of the things I get asked about sometimes, well, cause I'm, I do keto most of the time is like, well, isn't that boring or don't you miss this or miss that? And I'm, no. I'm yeah, I said, <laughs> I, my first answer was no. And it's not because I'm a simpleton, but it's real that over time, 
one, the, the flavor profile of really simply prepared foods increases. Mm-hmm. Like I can taste, yeah. you know, I taste a whole lot more out of a steak than I ever did before. I taste a whole lot more out of a freaking avocado than I ever did. Yep. You know, you're, so that is really very different. If I eat, um, I was at lunch the other day with someone and I forgot to ask to, to not have the, uh, this piece of meat that I got in their sauce, forgot to ask them to remove that. And it was so sweet to me. Now, again, a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have even thought about it, but it was almost to the point where I, I couldn't eat it. Yeah. And um, so that that changes. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for you. You can't really explain that to somebody until they, I think, experience it. But it's, yeah. I think that's a real thing. No, yeah, definitely. I didn't I didn't eat fruit. Like, I didn't eat fruit for 30-something years of my life. Yeah. Maybe, maybe when I was a little <laughs> kid, my parents gave it to me. But I, I didn't eat fruit now. Because I just didn't like the taste, and uh-huh. you know, again, I would prefer the Grandma Uts bag right. of chips, which <laughs> those they are good. But now, if I eat a Grandma Uts, I can taste the the oil. I can taste like just the nastiness of the processed foods. Um, so yeah, it is really mind boggling to me the, the the profile changes that our body can do, and the you know, because food is extremely addictive. So if you can start to change that addiction and start to wean your way out of that that kind of poor fuel source it's crazy on not only how much your body needs those different natural foods but how it can actually start to taste yeah i agree and we're you know we're designed as as humans to live that way and be fueled that way what we've what we've done to ourselves as a society is because of the way we've grown the way we've found profit in food making yeah all that kind of stuff. And that's a whole other <laughs> podcast that maybe we'll do sometime, but all that stuff factored in. So the other thing to realize is it's not your fault. You know, it's, it's not your fault. This is, this is how the world is right now. And until you kind of face it and realize what's happening, um, you're kind of a victim of some of that and you have, but you have to take control. And that's, yeah. I think that's the bigger thing. So yeah, take responsibility for that aspect and let's start trying to decrease the 66% obesity and overweight that we have in this country. I mean, that's to me is just mind boggling that 66% are either overweight or obese. Yeah. I mean, that is such a high number and that's not declining. That just continues to increase in diabetes and autoimmune disorders. And well, that's not, that's not at all related to food. You just need another pill for that. Right. Come on now. That's just, there's money behind that. There's no money behind that bag of grapes and bag of lettuce. So (laughs) yeah, that's, it's scary. And again, I, I think maybe that'd be another episode we could do sometime about, about some of that. Um, you know, if I was going to declare, if I was king for a day, if I was going to declare a national crisis, it wouldn't be any of the stuff they're talking about in the news these days. It would be health. Yeah. Um, I, and I think again, another topic, but what's been laid bare to me this past year of 2020 <clears throat> is how unhealthy we are. We, you know, we, a large portion of us, you know, could not handle, a. um, severe strain of a respiratory virus um couldn't deal with it uh. and um it's because we were unhealthy nobody want to say it out loud but I, I think that's really a big underlying part of it i mean there's some other unfortunate circumstances here and there but for the large part that's and i think the data kind of points to that and i don't want my team at work to be a statistic uh. Uh, i want them to be the opposite statistic and i think that's something that's um that's a goal for us how about um kind of got to wrap it up um, what's new on the, uh, on the homestead front, anything going on up there in the, 
Ponderosa. <laughs> <laughs> this week, uh, we're starting to work on our chickens. You know, our goal is really to be within the next two, ideally two years or less, to be completely self-sufficient. Um, so we're we're working on chickens. In the next few weeks, we're going to be having our chickens and uh, continuing with the garden efforts. So those are our two big pushes right now: is to get the garden up and going, uh, and then chickens. So those are those Sweet. are the two funds we're having and. My mother and father-in-law were really uh, thankful and grateful. They're buying 100 acres next to us, so then it's into the bigger livestock after that one. Okay. So <laughs> it's going to be fun. And, again, I, I really just like it. We, we moved from a townhouse to now this 110 acres, essentially, between myself and my mother and father-in-law. Just the difference also in my own children uh, and them being able to go out there and pick the fruits and the vegetables, uh, ideally from our garden behind behind the house or just going out and they grab onions that are naturally growing. They'll grab mushrooms, morels, whatever it is that's naturally growing already. Um, just so they're just creating a completely different relationship than what I grew up with, with food growing up outside Northern Virginia and that crazy fast paced lifestyle that there is no time. It's what we thought mm-hmm. except to, to get the McDonald's or get some of those other fast food items because it's just so fast paced. So I really uh, am enjoying the last month, month and some change now at the house, trying to, to teach and instill these different things with the boys. So it's been good. <laughs> what do you got going on? Well, um, I talked mentioned last time about uh, learning the piano with my daughter. So um, the latest venture for that for me is um, my, my, actually my wife and the kids this week were away, um, went to the beach for a week with my sister-in-law. So I kind of had some time to myself, um, which, as you know, I've been working on a retaining wall project most of the time. But I did still I still kept my piano lesson this week. And this week, instead of doing my normal 30 minutes, I I said, well, since my daughter's not here, let's do the whole hour. And I had her just she let me pick a song, one of my uh, an old country song that I like and try to learn that. So I can actually now kind of take some of the skills I've learned and try to apply it to stuff that is more more directly interesting to me. So that's my new challenge is to teach myself. Um, I chose, uh, an old Keith Whitley song when, uh, when you say nothing at all, just, I love that. I love that old song. And, um, I've known how to play it on guitar forever. In other words. So it's kind of neat that I can try to actually know enough about the piano now that I can kind of apply that. And yeah, so stay tuned for Josh's, uh, yeah. de- debut. <laughs> One episode will just be me playing the piano and, uh, not singing. I do for everybody, but Hey, let's wrap it up, David. Um, We'll uh, get to enjoy enjoy this beautiful Saturday morning here in Virginia, and um, you know get ready for our next episode. So next, if I think if our list is correct, our next episode is going to be talking about uh, labels, label reading, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and if you start to listeners have any questions or any things that you'd like to uh, to know, we're going to be releasing uh, maybe an email account or something that they can send in questions and things like that too. So we'll be taking those as we uh, progress and have more listeners. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Dave. We'll wrap it up there. Thank you for listening to another episode of Healthy Team, Healthy Business Podcast. We'd love to hear any feedback, questions, or similar experiences our listeners have had. Please email any questions to teamdudes at healthyteamhealthybusiness.net. Or you could find us on Instagram at healthyteamhealthybusiness8. Or visit our website, healthyteamhealthybusiness.net.